Well, hello, friends, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Let's Just Face It. Today is episode 72, the Johnny Depp defamation trial. Just like the rest of the world, I am also watching the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation case. Yes, I know I've been crushing on him since the 80s, but that's not the reason why I've been watching. I have no recollection whatsoever, I really have to be honest with you, or if I even kept up with the scandal back in 2016. But what I can say is that that was my first year after leaving my abuser, and I do not recall at this time if I had already realized that I had been in an abusive relationship or I was just working so hard on myself that I had no idea that this was going on in the world. I don't follow the media, the news, or the Hollywood scene any longer. I do watch movies and shows every now and then, but I am not in love with any celebrity per se. What grabbed my attention and what has kept me watching this trial is the fact that I could see and hear the many things that I have been talking to you about for the past 18 to 24 months. When you fall in love with the person that you are meeting for the first time, it helps that they're trying to be just like you in every sense of the word. Johnny defined that love bombing stage in the love bombing audio that you will soon hear. But the reason that I have been listening and watching everything that has happened, and I do believe from my point of view that Amber Heard is the abuser in this case. As a survivor, and I've also heard voices of many survivors and all the audios and everything that we have heard, she seems to be the abuser. She seems to be a very narcissistic type of person. She was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and histrionic disorder. I am not going to go into those, but if we know a little bit about narcissism, that just means that she's like right there in the neighborhood. Johnny has been up on stage. He's talked about the love bombing stage, how he met her, and she seemed so perfect, so perfect that it was like too good to be true. If you've been in an abusive relationship, you know that you have been through the, this love bombing stage where this person pretends to be the perfect person for you, your soulmate, the one that you've always been looking for, your knight in shining armor, all those things like that. But I want to play you a little bit of the audio so you can hear how that sounds from somebody that's been through it. Here we go. She, she seemed to be the perfect partner in a sense, in my head, for me, because she, as I said, she, she was, she seemed to be very knowledgeable about old, obscure blues music that I listened to and really liked. She was literate. She was uh, sweet, funny, nice, all those things, you know. And she was, and from the beginning of our relationship at that time, for a good year, year and a half. She was, uh, she was wonderful. And, and then things just started to change or things started to reveal themselves. That's, I think, is a better way to put it. Okay, now that you've listened to the love bombing audio and you've heard how he saw it from his perspective of being love bombed in this relationship and believing that she was the persona that had been created, how he was fooled into thinking that that was the person that he would fall in love with. Then came this audio. I do have to warn you because I do not use the F word and it will be said during this episode. But you know what? You, I loved you for so many fucking years, but you know what? You didn't exist. You don't exist. You're not there. You're not there. You were a 
fucking made-up thing in my head. Uh, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Okay, this audio speaks to the moment where you realize that this person that you fell in love with never existed. So you have this side where you're seeing this person as too good to be true. And then you're seeing the side of when everything collapsed and you found out the mask fell off and that person that you fell in love with in the love bombing stage never existed. Not only that, there is more in this case for you to listen, for you to understand, for you to experience if you haven't experienced it. Gaslighting. In this first gaslighting audio, you're going to hear Amber trying to change his perception of what had just happened just to fit her narrative. And I, I didn't punch you. Lie. And then I, I didn't I punch you, by the way. You, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, uh, hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. You, you know, even a lot of fights have been around a long time. I know. You didn't get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this, but I did not punch you. I didn't fucking deck you. I fucking was hitting you. I don't know what the motion of my actual hand was, but you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. How are you? What am I supposed to do? Do this? I, I'm not sitting about it, am I? You are. That's the difference between me and you. You're a fucking baby. You, you are such a baby! Grow the fuck up, Tony! The gaslighting audio lets you see how an abuser can actually work with your mind to change your perception and make you think that you are not worth it. To make you think that what you said or what you did didn't happen. They make you believe that you're so worthless, that you can't live without them, that you're nothing without them that they made you who you are right now, and without them, your world would crumble. That is what they want you to think. Because if you believe a little bit in yourself, you know that none of this is true. So they have to break you down and break you down and break you down to the point that you don't even like yourself. And therefore, you're believing all these things that they're telling you because there's nothing better. Because you have been brainwashed to believe that this is it. And I want you to hear the way that she does it so you can hear what that sounds like. Tell people that it was a fair fight and see what the, ju see what the jury judge thinks. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them, Johnny Depp. I, Johnny Depp, man, I'm, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. And yes. I, you know, it's a fair fight. And see how many people believe or side with you. Okay, so I don't know if you were able to understand what it says, but what she was trying to do there was breaking him to the point that it was a fair fight. Why would he humiliate himself to say that it wasn't a fair fight because of him being the man and him being the bigger person? It was a fair fight because she's small and she's a woman. She wanted to make him believe that it was a fair fight. She wanted to make him believe that nobody would believe him. So he would not go out into the world and say that he was a victim of domestic violence. But he had enough. And that's exactly what he did. And it took him a very long time to do it. But he did it. He knows he is a victim of domestic violence. And he went out and he said it. It took him a while because she had brainwashed him into believing 
that nobody would believe him because he was the man. And we have to get out of that mindset that men abuse women. It is more common that we hear that, but it is not necessarily more common that men abuse women. Because if we stay quiet as women because of what society does to us and the fact that a lot of people don't believe us, imagine what society does to a man that says he's a victim of domestic violence. You think less of a man. You think, how could she have done it? He's bigger. He's stronger. But the fact of the matter is that domestic violence is domestic violence. And it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. The abuser will always be stronger because their mind works differently. In the case of a woman with a man, a man can definitely intimidate a woman more because of their size and strength. But when the tables are turned, that is exactly the reason why a man gets abused. Because he respects his wife, his woman. He doesn't want to do anything to disrespect her. While she is the one that sees how easy it is to disrespect this man. It doesn't matter his size or his strength. She believes she can work on him enough to make him feel small enough so that this man could be her target. And it doesn't necessarily have to be physical abuse. I am referring right now to physical abuse because of size and strength. But to get to that point, there's so much psychological and mental abuse, emotional abuse, that breaks you down to the point that you believe that you can't do anything. And we have seen this in animals that have been, for example, the story of the elephant that was chained. And then when the chain was taken off, he didn't move because it's training, it's brainwashing. We have to stop saying that it is men abusing women because just like people say, oh, there's only 1% of narcissists. That is 1% of people that actually go seek therapy, that actually have gotten diagnosed. It doesn't mean that there's only 1% of narcissists in the world or in the United States. It just means that those are the ones that have been detected. But just like with anything else, there's many people in the world that go totally undetected. And the fact that we call them a narcissist, it's not because we have diagnosed this person, but it's because of the fact that we already know their strategies. We already know how they work, how they operate, what they do, how they do it. And you're able to say, this is what happened to me. Not because I am diagnosing this person because I didn't study psychology or psychiatry, but we know because of their behaviors. Another thing that I wanted to point out was the fact that the lawyer asked him, why did you stay? I stayed, I suppose, because my father stayed, because I had been in that relationship with Vanessa and that was lost. I wanted to try to make it work. I thought maybe I could help her. I thought maybe I could bring her around because the Amber Heard that I knew for the first year, year and a half was not this opponent. So I stayed because, of course, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt anyone. But I'd spoken of uh, suicide on a couple of occasions, so that also becomes a factor. Okay, so let's unpack this a little bit. He said that he had stayed because... Number one, that was an example his father gave him in his case specifically. He also said that he had a healthy relationship prior to this one, so he thought that he was just working on a relationship. He said he wanted to make it work. He wanted to help her. 
He also said that he was fighting through the fact that this was not the person that he had fallen in love with. So he thought he needed to do a little bit more work. He didn't want it to fail. And this happens in many of us in many moments in our lives. An abusive relationship, when it doesn't seem abusive, it's something that you don't want to fail. So you keep working towards the fact that you want to fix this relationship. You think that you need to leave, but then you also don't want to hurt this other person because you think this other person still has feelings for you as well. And then there's this huge big one a lot of abusers use to try and hold on to you is the fact that they threaten to either suicide or self-harm. And then because we don't want to be the reason why they do this, it keeps us stuck in the same place because it's something that you have to think about, like he said. It scares you to thinking that if this happens, it's because it's my fault. When it actually isn't, and you have no proof that this person will actually do this other than use it as a manipulation tactic. But it scares us to think that something might happen to this person and then it'll be on our hearts and on our conscience. So that makes you stay. That is just some of the reasons why we stay. And Johnny said them very clearly. This case has caught the attention of a lot of people. I'm really happy that this came out. I am very sad that it happened to him, especially in everything that has come out so far, because I can't talk about what I haven't seen or I haven't heard. But the fact that Johnny put up with all this abuse as physical as it became, as emotional and mentally strong as it all became. This is all being put out there. So many of us go through these types of relationships and many of us know what is going on, but the world doesn't know. The world didn't understand when Gabby Petito was stopped by the police. The police didn't know how to recognize that he was the abuser and it was so obvious to victims. We can see the signs. We can tell everything that goes on because we've already been there. They are very structured in the way that they do things and we recognize abusers. It is very easy to recognize other abusers other than your own when you have been through this type of scenario. And seeing the things that Amber Heard has said, the things that Amber Heard has done, and the stories that her side is trying to bring into the narrative shows the bad intentions and the malice in her. I'm not going to say that Johnny didn't do anything, but what I would say from my own opinion is this. I am still amazed at the fact that this man under the influence of drugs and alcohol didn't do more than reactive abuse. If you don't know what reactive abuse is and you have seen the video of him throwing cabinets in the kitchen, that would be reactive abuse. She was trying to edge him on and trying to get emotions and get a reaction for him to seem like the abuser. In many of these audios and videos that she kept recording all the time, the pattern that I can see more obvious than anything, it's the reactive abuse. The fact all of these audios and all of these videos show him screaming back at her, answering back to her insults, insulting her, I see it as an abusive reaction because if you are put in a very explosive situation, you will get to a point where you get to the edge and you can't hold it anymore and you have to scream and you'll insult. And depending on what you're going through, where you are or how long this has been going or how far to the edge that they take you, you're going to explode. You can hit things, you can hit yourself, you can look like you're crazy, you can start screaming. There's so many things because you get up to a point that you explode and this is what they want. 
others to see. You can't hold anymore and you explode. And that's where you seem like you're the abuser. But it's called reactive abuse because you couldn't take it anymore and it has to come out one way or another. We see this a lot in the audios and in the videos where he is screaming back at her, where he is throwing things. And I still have not yet heard or seen anything that tells me that he threw something at her specifically or the times that he caught her recording, maybe thinking that the phones were off and didn't sound like he had hit her, but just gotten rid of the phone. That specific recording of the kitchen cabinet slamming, you can hear her laugh at the end. And it's a very evil laugh. Like she got what she wanted and she was happy about it. There is evidence out there. There is evidence of her challenging him to take this to a judge. There is evidence of her instigating him to get him to reactive abuse. There is evidence of the gaslighting, of making him feel small and nutty enough and that everything he's done, movies, 21 Jump Street, and all of this make it seem like it was nothing to make herself feel like she is the bigger person. They have a grandiose belief they think they're a god. They think they're big. The funny part about all of this is, is that they're trying to mirror you. She was so jealous of him that she wanted to be like him. She wanted to be him. She was getting all this fame from being with him. And she thought that that would take her somewhere without him, which it won't. Especially after trying to do this, if it gets proven she was the only abuser. Because we already established that she is the abuser. If she was the only abuser in this relationship, she will get nowhere else. I don't know if you're interested. If you are a victim or if you are in this situation, you might be watching it as well. But it is important that you realize that you're not alone. The fact Johnny Depp is out there telling his story, as embarrassing as that may seem, maybe to him. We are listening to his story because it's historic. A man has put himself in this position and has been so loud about it. And it is about time. If you don't dare to tell your story, just be inspired by him. A man, a Hollywood huge celebrity, is being put under the public eye as an abused man. Why would you feel like you're anything less? Why would you feel little, insecure? We've all been broken, but you need to understand that abuse is abuse. This doesn't just happen to women. It happens to women just as much as it happens to men. I am not going to say that it happens more to women. Because just the same way some women get quiet because they're afraid of the repercussions, a lot of men are quiet because of our culture. This case is out there and it is very public. You're not alone. If you haven't seen it, you can go to YouTube, Google, and you can see everything is there. You can listen to him talk about how he love bombed her. You can listen to him say in an audio to her, you never existed. You can hear, you can see the video of the kitchen, him throwing the cabinets as reactive abuse. You can hear her gaslighting him in most of the audios for him to believe that he was so much smaller than her. You can hear how they talk about how she manipulated him, but she didn't want him to go. Because part of her personality disorders, as so the psychologist has described, is the fact that she doesn't want to be abandoned. So she doesn't want him to leave. Being in an abusive relationship with a person with a personality disorder, whichever that one may be, is not easy. They have a different brain than ours, and they gain supply from very different things than what we gain supply from, and it's all negative attention. But because they went to trauma as kids doesn't give them an excuse for what they're doing. 
I am pretty sure that I went through a lot of trauma when I was little as well. But I handled it differently. But Johnny Depp and Ember, they were both mistreated as children. They were both abused as children. Look how different it seems that they turned out to be. And up to this point, today is May 5th. Nothing has been proven on his side that he did any abuse. Whether he did something to her that is yet to be seen, it triggers me to see him reacting to her. It gets me really mad and I think it is a very natural reaction as much as they're talking about mutual abuse. Mutual abuse doesn't exist. And it was very weird what I heard from the psychologist yesterday because mutual abuse cannot exist when abuse is about power. One side having power of the other one. One person is abused and the other one reacts to that abuse, which is called reactive abuse, is common. But there's not mutual abuse. You can be both toxic people under the same environment and be toxic to each other. But unless two abusive personalities together, and that would be a totally different dynamic that I'm not going to talk in this episode. I wanted to talk to you about the Johnny Depp and Ember Heard case was the fact that it triggered me. It triggered me because everything that I've been talking to you about is out there in public. There's examples from a very known celebrity going through what we've been through. A very known, high-profile Hollywood actor, all male, going through the same thing that we have been through. And I am in awe of how now I can see what is going on in that courtroom. And I can understand exactly the dynamics between the two of them. I can see beyond what people that have not been in an abusive relationship cannot see. Which is the reason why I think the courts and the police should take a special training to be able to understand what this type of abuse is. It's not about having bruises and being able to show your bruises, but it's how you show how they broke you on the inside because it's very common the way they do it. They have a step system. They love bomb you, they build you up, and then they slowly start to put you in that abuse cycle where you don't even notice it at first. You didn't notice. And what did you say in response when Miss Heard said, tell the world, Johnny, tell them Johnny Depp, I, Johnny Depp, a man, I'm a victim, too, of domestic violence. I said, yes, I am. I hope this was helpful to you. Remember that if you're going through this, you can go to thebreakawayjournal.com and you can get the Breakaway Journal, which helps you understand and evaluate yourself and how this has affected you if you are or have been in an abusive relationship, especially with a narcissist person or person with a personality disorder. And you can always reach me at RaquelColina.com or you can send me a direct message on Instagram. Remember to tell your friends about this podcast so you can help me spread the word. And if you leave me a review, I would really appreciate it.